0: Welcome everyone to Remembering Resilience, a podcast by Native Americans on Native American resilience through and beyond trauma. Welcome to episode 12 in season two of our podcast. I'm Lindsay McMurrin, and pleased to join you again as your host. I'm a citizen of the Leech Lake Nation of Ojibwe, a White Earth descendant, and live in Northern Minnesota with my family. I work with Family Wise Services, home of Prevent Child Abuse Minnesota, as Director of Tribal Projects and Prevention Initiatives. Through this work, we aim to lift up the importance of our traditional ways of knowing and being, the invaluable wisdom that comes from us both individually and collectively as indigenous community members. My friends and colleagues, Susan Bolio and Brianna Matrius from University of Minnesota Extension are here again as we share our experiences and wisdom around the power of being connected to something larger than ourselves, to our community, our culture, and our spirituality.
1: Welcome back, ladies. Miigwech, Lindsay. Nagana Beneci Kwe Nindijinikaz, Magazine Nindodame, Misquagame Vizaga Igining My name is Susan Bolio, and I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota. I'm a mother of four and live in central Minnesota with my family. I also work for the University of Minnesota as an extension educator, and I get to work with an amazing team, including Brianna, to support healing and well being in our Indigenous communities here in Minnesota. I'm really excited today to dig into this episode, considering the importance of community culture and spirituality for healing. Miigwech, Lindsay
2: and Susan. Boozhoo. Nowakamagukwe and Dishnakas. Nameyindunday. Ajmug and Hello everyone, my name is Brianna Matrius, and I'm an enrolled member of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. I'm a part of the American Indian Resource and Resiliency Team with the University of Minnesota Extension and work as a tribal community facilitator along with Susan. I currently reside in the urban area, but I'm still very much a part of my hometown, which is located in Pine County. I am passionate about helping people to understand the impacts of trauma in our communities and how to bring awareness to healing individually and collectively. Thank you both for this conversation and the wisdom each of you bring into this space. Thanks, Brianna. Thank you,
0: Susan. I was recently speaking with a mentor of mine, sharing some of the struggles that I've been facing lately, and I told her that I felt stuck. After a minute of thoughtful consideration, she suggested I work on reframing that thought. Instead of thinking about being stuck, she encouraged me to ask myself instead, what growth am I being invited into? This was an aha moment for me, for sure. So my belief system drives me and the work that I do. You know, I find strength in the idea of being connected to something larger than myself, to a greater purpose that has put me here in this time, in this role, with these opportunities before me, even when they look like struggles. I found it quite helpful to be reminded of that, and how, especially in hard times, I need to remember my reason for being here, and how my culture, my family, my community, and my spiritual practices and beliefs. That's what gives me strength, and that's what we're here to talk about today.
2: So when I think back in the you know in the past um, you know year and a half, you know we've all experienced like this collective trauma with this this pandemic. And for some of us too, there within that year, there have been more traumas right and and more death and grief and loss. And we've, I think collectively, we've all probably have lost things and, and that we're grieving over things. And I think every family um, is dealing with, with something, something different. Right. And so I know I'm not the only one with those um, that are dealing with loss. I mean, we've had many death in our, you know, many deaths within our community and, and loss of connection. Gosh, that is so huge. And I don't even think a lot of us even realized how huge, uh, that loss of connection was until we were fully in it and, and, and grieving that. Right. So there's a, a moment of, of, of grieving that loss of connection that I think that we were all going through. Some of us recognize it and some of us don't, but, um, but I think that was that, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's, you know, when we are all in it together collectively. Healing doesn't always happen alone. A lot of times it, it doesn't happen alone. Healing happens when we're in community with one another. And so, uh, you know, quarantine, we've been uh, really creative about how can we reach out for that connection, you know, Um, and Zoom, gosh, Zoom has been a blessing to, I think, to all of us to be able to get some sort of connection. And so there were days that I needed to, like, just be by myself. But there were also days where my friends and family could see that and they reached out. And so I was also aware of that too. So it's like, okay, Brie, all right, time to to try to connect, you know, uh, to to really open up the shade a little bit, open up the door, take a walk, try to gain some sort of connection with, with people, even though we can't be, right? Because it was difficult being in quarantine. But yeah, so I, I just have a little note here that, you know, healing happens outside of ourselves, you know, when we're in community with one another and to keep that in mind too, that to reach out the most powerful healing that has happened within my life many times has, has always been in community with one another. The, the most powerful healing that has happened within my life has always been in community with one another. It's never alone. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. Alone time is good, right? But the most powerful healing that has ever occurred in my life has always been with others. And one of the things that I think about like this part of really truly being connected to one another is, um, is is also taking it a step further and figuring out like, what is our connection to everything else out there in the world? And I know that's kind of like this bigger picture piece of, of our life, but I think about, when i think about connection i also think about disconnection and the disconnect that we have not only with the with the people that are in our lives but gosh the disconnect that we have with nature with everything that's within nature our food and and when we start to repair and, and connect back into it how healing that can really be and how healthy can, that can be for us. I think about the way that we lived hundreds of years ago. And so when we think about this notion of like healing and, and being in connection with everyone and everything out there, I mean, when we think about the way that we lived hundreds of years ago. And, you know, we were, we were in connection with our families every single day. We had, we had many, many of our family members that we all lived together. In order for the community to survive, we had to make sure that we were doing our job. We were doing our purpose, you know, within our community, within our village, which means ceremonies, which means, of course, language, which means, which means uh, storytelling and traditions and, and we were outside all the time. And, and what were we doing outside is, you know, we were praying. We were out there with the spirits that helped us, you know. There's so many spirits outside that help us, you know. Um, and I also think about food, like I mentioned before. So, like, you know, the way that we lived hundreds of years ago, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of people who still practice this today, but really being full of intention when we rise, and when we fish or when we harvest outside, you know, we would pray, we would put down an offering. There was this connection there between our food that it wasn't just just a, a quick resource that, that we could have. So like this connection between uh, everything out there in the world. Um, and I think about the disconnect from that and, and where we are right now in 2021 with this you know, disconnect in, in how healthy we, we, a lot of us are, you know? So I think connection is huge and I know we're not going to solve the world in today's podcast, but, <laughs> but I just think about when we are in connection, not only with one another, but how we need that so much when we're in connection in nature, and those spirits and those plants and the water, like how healthy and how healing that is for us.
0: I so appreciate that framing and also that idea of remembering, right? Of remembering our resilience. Um, I think that's a beautiful way to put it. I so appreciate that that's the way we chose to really frame our podcast series because language is important. And, and what I've been noticing Um, For the last few years now doing this work is that there's so much now being discovered, in quotation marks, by Western science, Western ways of knowing um, that we as indigenous people that our communities traditionally have always known, have always operated uh, from that place of understanding the importance of connection to what's larger than ourselves whether it's within our spirituality, within nature, and we know the interconnectedness of it, right? There's no separating or parsing out one from the other. I know as I began to learn Ojibwe, um, that really became apparent to me too, is that so much of our our cultures and our values are integrated into the way we talk about things. Because now, again, Western ways are catching up with our indigenous ways of knowing and being and healing. And I, I want us to name that and to always lift that up to the surface, right? That... That, that now, because we're able to prove it, so to speak, with data, um, with research, with those Western ways of knowing, and now it's more valid in mainstream society. However, we all know that the, these are things that, that our people have known since time immemorial. And now it's really time to lift those up and give them their due credit. We hear so often, especially working from the prevention field, I feel like the prevention field has been an early adopter of realizing that culture is prevention, right? When when we are able to reconnect, um, to be grounded in these ideas and these values, um, these relationships that are bigger than ourselves, we find so much um, support in that, so much uh, of those protective buffers that we know make a difference as we navigate trauma, as we move through those toxic stress cycles um again returning remembering uh our resilience is such a huge part of that and and to extend that knowledge um to everyone right i think that that's something else that's i think widely why misunderstood that while certainly there there's times and places um for where um, there's times, times and places for everything. However, what we know is these larger themes we're learning and navigating and moving through can be applied, um, to, to other ways of knowing and being too, to cross culturally, to really help everybody on their healing journeys.
1: Yeah. Lindsay. So some of the things that you were just talking about, and even, you know, you Brianna, I, um, I, I, I so like, I'm, my mind is just really going right now. <laughs> um, I, I, So you were talking about sort of how Western science is starting to catch up with indigenous ways of knowing and wisdom and things like that. And one of the things that I remember hearing about was some research on something called forest bathing. Have either of you heard of that? Yeah, So this whole notion that, you know, getting outside, actually, they're able to measure some of the benefits that we get from it, not just like, oh, feeling better, but like how like negative energy versus positive energy and helping to offset and rebalance. So again, talking about balance, um, right, Brianna, like the importance of balance. And Lindsay, as you're talking about sort of like indigenous knowledge, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about, and I think a lot of us have as indigenous people is that. our entire world is out of balance because of how we've been interacting with the world, with the resources as sort of like humans on top, everything else below, everything for the greatest good of humans, forgetting that deep interconnection we have with everything and every being and realizing that the ecosystems are very fragile, that everything has a place and a part. And you can't just extract one thing from the ecosystem and not have there be fallout and so there is this real need across our world today to lift that indigenous knowledge up and understandings of ecosystems and how do we be in an interconnected relationship with our you know with everything and everyone versus like this top-down sort of approach and so i think about the importance of balance um, that when we swing too far in any direction you talked earlier, and maybe it was in the earlier one, Lindsay, where you said talking about, um, uh, oh shoot, um, everything in moderation, right? But like the, you know, balance is an important piece, and and balance is a critical sort of concept in Indigenous worldview that that we recognize that balance is essential. Um, and then um, one of the other things that I just wanted to to mention, I think, Brianna, you had talked earlier about healing. And, um, and one of the things that came to me is like, you you had mentioned like our healing doesn't just, or our trauma doesn't just go away when we heal and, and you're right. It doesn't, what ends up happening is we have a different relationship, a different perspective on our trauma. It can become an opportunity for learning and growth and understanding something in a deeper way. Even if that understanding something is maybe suffering or grief that then will allow us maybe to show up for someone else who is struggling deeply with grief and suffering and loss in a way that we wouldn't have been able to if we hadn't maybe experienced that ourselves. So, um, so although collectively as Indigenous people we have experienced a ridiculous amount of trauma, um, we also with that, you know, that term post-traumatic growth. And I'm not sure if I like that yet or not, but I know people are starting to use that. But this ability to not just, like, bounce back, but actually have there be some really deep, meaningful growth and learning that changes the trajectory of our lives and the way that we show up. So I think as Indigenous people, like, collectively... We are moving towards that, and that is going to be something that is gonna be really important um, for our own communities, but then knowing we're interconnected, rippling out across to other communities as well.
0: Chi miigwech for returning to this episode of Remembering Resilience. We have been talking about our interconnectedness as human beings and as indigenous people and how our own healing often can become a source of strength, not only for our own families, our own communities, but far beyond that as well.
2: this was something that I don't know if I shared it, but I screenshotted it and um, it was shared on Facebook, but being indigenous means more than just powwows, culture, songs, and language. It means living in alignment with generationally inherited epistemologies that come from the land, the stars, and the water. It means living in alignment with our original instructions forever. You can be whoever you want to be, but you know, like, i think about the the just like what it says like the original instructions the original the the teachings what what we were given to uh, on how to live on this earth
1: and and being good relatives to each other right and good relatives isn't doesn't just Um, cut across like human to human. It's like human to animals, human to insects, humans to plants, humans to water, human, you know, like how we interact with all of that. And in the indigenous worldview, it's a circle and the human isn't even in the center. They're somewhere in the circle, but there's all, everything else is in that circle as well. And there's not any one thing that is more important than another, because in those original instructions, we are, we know that it's all connected and so if, if, if there's an imbalance in that system, it's going to ripple throughout the entire ecosystem. And so that importance of like balance and you, you can't get to balance until you understand what are you trying to balance? Like, what is it that needs to be balanced? Yeah. We need to sort of dive under the water and reconnect with those pieces of culture and community that remind us that we're in, interconnected, that remind us that our decisions um, impact others around us and not just other human beings. And we can see with climate change, everything is so out of balance right now because we've, you know, we're out of balance.
0: When we think about conversations about community wellness, keeping our Mm -hmm. elders safe, right? Like as indigenous people, we really think about our obligation to each other in community. We have obligations to one another, to our larger community, to Mother Earth, just so many different things. And I think that worldview is part of what we need to rise, lift up more and talk about so people really understand where are we coming from with our convictions when we talk about wanting to keep our community safe, our elders safe, our children safe.
1: But then the other piece, Lindsay, when you were talking about obligations to community, I think as Indigenous people, it goes even beyond our communities today, We're talking about obligations to communities in the future, to our our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, seven generations down, that we are really trying to be intentional. I'm not saying we, we all do this now. We used to do this much better. I think this is something that we're trying to get back to and we're trying to reconnect with because it is such a powerful thing when you are making decisions today, thinking not about a year down the road or five years down the road or even 100 years down the road. We're talking 1,000 years or more down the road. But we are wondering, we're, actually, we're thinking about how does this choice impact that far down?
0: Most definitely. I think part of the tug and pull of modern society is that we have to compartmentalize. We should keep our personal lives out of our professional lives. And I think each one of us especially know that in order for our heads and our hearts to align and just in terms of who we are as indigenous women it's very difficult to keep those things separate they're so intrinsically intertwined that it wouldn't even feel right um in terms of our core values and what drives us to do our work if we were to keep those things completely separate
1: and at times that could be painful right yeah both personally but also like it it If we don't have our heads and our hearts connected, we end up doing a disservice to those that we're working with. We're actually not helping. To the degree that we could, if our if our hearts and our minds were aligned, if we were allowed to bring our sort of whole selves into a space, and so, because that you know people don't tend to connect with head knowledge as much as they can res- connect with that resonance of a shared experience or an, a shared understanding of something, or you know this person understands trauma like they get it too, or like whatever it is, right? That but that resonance happens in the heart first, and it's. In that resonance in the heart, which then allows an opening for a space for us to move into some head stuff. But is it, is what you're doing aligned with what you know is best practice or is, is a value or is important? And if it's not, then that head knowledge doesn't mean anything.
0: And for me, it is authenticity, it's belonging, it's connection. And I think about those days I have a bad day. And oftentimes it's because there's been something that's happened, that I've done or said, or that has been done or said to me that is bumping up against my core values, what I really value as a person. And what's so notable, I think, in this conversation is that indigenous, as Indigenous people, oftentimes our core values are so linked back to who we are in community with one another, who we are in terms of our culture and how it is we show up with one another. And oftentimes too, right? It's linked back to our spirituality, to our, our core beliefs that drive us and that drive our behavior and what we are what our purpose is in this life. And I think you're right. When that disconnection shows up, when there's a break, a rupture in that, that's oftentimes where we all start to run into problems, whether it's as an individual or in relationship or as a family. Or as a community. And we know, right, that part of the ongoing trauma from historical trauma, as Maria Yellow Horse Braveheart names it, it's that idea of cumulative emotional and psychological wounding across generations, including one's lifespan. Now, I bring that definition in because I think it's so important we recognize, as it has been stated earlier, that we must heal in community. We must heal in relationship to one another. It's collective healing, as well as the individual healing that needs to happen that really is going to bring us back to that good life, that good way of being and relating to one another, of fulfilling our own purposes that have been handed down from generation to generation as well. And so, again, I think the answer, how we remember our resilience is reconnecting with so much of that, that still lives within us, that still lives within our families,
1: within our cultures, within our communities. So Brianna, when you're talking about spirits and energy and spiritual helpers and things like that, that, you know, scientists, you know, like, oh, that's woo woo, whatever. And it's like, oh, well, you said that about, you know, blood memory. And you said that about, you know, getting outside and you know what I mean? So it's like all these different ways that it's like, well, maybe um maybe there are some other ways that science will finally start to catch up with with indigenous wisdom in other ways too. I
2: think about um the the energy of all of that. you know, we talk about um, relationships and con- connection and um, you know susan you you had mentioned uh, before just um, fully being present you know with people and you know, I was sharing about like the disconnect with, um, with nature, with our language, with our ceremonies, you know, things like that. And, um, that there is also a disconnect, I think with the energy, you know, and the full love and intention that is, that, that should be there, you know? Um, and so there's, I think there's some really, uh, powerful pieces when we think about the energy and like the this the spiritual component to that and and when we start to connect back into it um how um healing alone that 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 can be for us and so just having the good energy and love in there and then like the what that changes with um spirituality
0: so true and that really reminds me of something that Brianna uh, has brought to the surface before about the difference between how is it nowadays that we're getting this information that connects us back to our community to our culture to our spirituality and i think of how oftentimes i do uh, professional development within schools and one of the main tenets that we like to share is that safety plus connection equals learning. Granted, we're teaching that within the school system, within the classroom, within how, how students are, are best uh, equipped to learn when they're in a place where they feel safe, they feel connected. And we know that same principle applies across the board when we're in community, when we're trying to get in touch or reconnect with our culture. And so Brianna, I wanted to to turn it to you to see if you have additional thoughts to offer
1: on that.
2: Yeah, um, I I have many thoughts to it. (laughs) Um, But I think that, you know, when we are, when we feel safe, um, we have a tendency to be able to share, you know, in a, share all of the things that, you know, that are weighing on us, that are in our bodies. And there's just something so powerful um, about when we start to feel safe, that we start to be okay with being vulnerable, vulnerable, and that we really are able to share and talk about. And when we talk about it, it's it's this way of transmuting this, this trauma energy that's within our bodies. And I, with the work that I do out in the communities, I see this happen. Um, every single time I am out there teaching and facilitating, um, healing circle is one of the, um, uh, profound, powerful ways, um, that I've seen that, that healing can occur, you know, and, and it's all by talking, it's all by sharing.
1: Uh Um,
2: but there is this, um, um, there is like this invisible piece of it that isn't really spoken, you know? Um, and that's, that safety, you know, and when we can feel safe, then we can start really making some authentic connections, you know, and when we are in this space of having authentic connections, you know, that's when we can, we can, um, learn and grow and to be open to see other ideas and, and new perspectives and different perspectives and, you know, so I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, safety plus connection equals learning because I see it every time I'm, I'm out there in the community. And I think about, you know, those spaces that, you know, we need to have safety, you know, those spaces that we need to have connection so that it can foster um, learning. Um, and so, looping it all kind of back to like community culture and spirituality. Like I think about there are definite, there have been times in my life where I haven't, I don't feel safe to ask questions about culture. You know, I haven't uh, felt, felt safe um, in a community that, or in different areas that, um, you know, when we're all kind of together, I, I feel like there's this, you um, this, um, it just doesn't feel safe. And I don't, I don't really know how to put words to it because it's, it's, it's kind of like, again, it's like this invisible thing that's just out there, but you could feel it. You just don't feel safe. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then, you know, spirituality, you know, when we're, when we're able to have all those three things looped into a, into an environment, you know, I, I know for myself, um, I really started to question what spirituality was, you know, when, when I was on that path, on my journey to, to learning more, I being connected, doing cultural things led me to understanding what spirituality means to me. And going into it again, a little bit more and, and Lindsay, like, I'm so thankful that you had shared that, that safety plus connection equals learning, because there were, I eventually got to a place where I felt safe. You know, um, I eventually got to, uh, meet people that I felt safe with, that I could share my thoughts and opinions and ask questions and whatnot. Um, and, and really tried to understand and make sense of what spirituality means to me.
0: Yeah, so that definitely resonates, too, because I think that idea of safety plus connection equals learning is true, whether we're talking about it in terms of the classroom or of us trying to learn and get back in touch with our culture, with our Mm -hmm. spirituality, with um, our traditions. And it's so interconnected, it's really hard to Mm -hmm. separate. Um, It would be very difficult to talk about one thing without the other. And I feel like compared to mainstream society, um, that's really different um, because I think there is a very concerted effort to keep some of those things separate. Uh, And so thinking about as Indigenous women, how our framework includes the understanding of that interconnectedness, how is it that we can navigate these conversations, um, these efforts? In a way that will resonate um, both with, within our culture, which to me, I think is the chief concern or the, the number one thing we want to be thinking about, but also to help others from mainstream society understand and adopt maybe some of these <laughs> teachings and these understandings, because it really is, I think, just speaks to who we are as human beings. When we think about empathy, when we think about connection, when we think about what is important to us at the heart level. So much of it is interconnected. It would be very difficult to separate. We are together today in this space to continue remembering resilience. We've been talking about the importance of holistic healing, holistic wellness. We want to remind our listeners, and quite frankly, ourselves, of how we must concentrate on the well being of the collective, as it is crucial to our wellness as individuals, also. Oftentimes, that is something all of us, regardless of background, heritage, upbringing, have forgotten. This wisdom transcends it all. It is something that resonates with each one of us. We feel it in our hearts, in our very being. It is at the core of who we are as human beings. We are social creatures. We return to our conversation of what that might look like
1: as it plays out in community. It reminded me of a line in the Center for Mind-Body Medicine's curriculum, and they have a line in here that just always, you know, it's just so powerful. It says, ritual is one of the oldest ways to mobilize the power of the community for healing. And so when I think about our Indigenous communities and all of the rituals and the practices and the ceremonies that went with a life, uh, you know, the birth of a life coming into this world or someone passing or, um, you know, when a girl would, you know, have her first moon. Like, you know, I remember having feasts for um, our when we would get new regalia, you know, you, you would feast your regalia. So there's like all of these ways that traditionally as as Anishinaabe people, we had, you um, these practices or rituals to mark important transitions or important reminders of how we're connected to someone or to something or to those things larger than ourselves beyond this physical realm. Um, And and it was like those were just built into everyday life. And so when when you think about that statement, that ritual is one of the oldest ways to mobilize the power of community for healing, it's like yeah, we had that nailed. We knew that. And that's why I think it was so ritual and practice was so embedded in everything that we did. I think about that a lot, especially when you think
0: about this idea of remembering resilience, right? I think about everything that has been taken from us and not just as by a matter of, um, of accident. We know that it was done purposefully. We know that Uh, The settlers understood and recognized that our main uh, pieces of safety, of strength, came from our connection to community, our connection to our cultural processes, and our spirituality that was so interwoven within everything that it was impossible to separate. And so when I think about the idea of remembering our resilience, right, it's that idea that, you know, it's not gone. Um, It's still there. But how is it that we as human beings can build back our individual capabilities and capacities, our skills to be able to relate to one another, to be in a relationship, to make connection and to have belonging with one another that then is going to form that sense of safety and connection that will then provide that open pathway for us to connect even further to all of those things through learning, through growing through developing these processes, these uh, understandings, these connections to our core values and to our beliefs as human beings, as indigenous people, that will then aid in that iterative process, right? It's a continual thing, it's cyclical. It's not linear, like uh, mainstream society often views things. And so I wonder about that as well. So much of this is connected in our earlier episodes We talked about individual capabilities and capacities, even that ability to have hope for the future, to think about how um, we can look beyond just mere survival, right? And to really transcend into that time of thriving. That's what we deserve as individuals. That's what our children deserve. That's what our elders deserve. That's what our families deserve. And when we can step into that fully, I truly believe that has to do with us remembering and truly embracing our resilience as indigenous people and mainstream society mainstream culture has a lot to learn and we know as 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 human beings empathetic compassionate human beings these lessons are for everyone and how is it that we can continue to grow and to help other community members step more fully into who they are and who they deserve to be um, through reconnecting to community, culture, spirituality in these ways.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a hard thing because just to come back to your heart space on your own, that doesn't happen, right? So it's like it happens in community and in relationship, but it has to happen at an individual level to then be able to ripple out to family and community more largely. So that's where I think, and we've talked about this before in other episodes too and you might have mentioned it earlier, Brianna, but like the importance and power of creating safe spaces and community for this work to happen, for this reconnection to our own spirit, to that like God creator energy, that remembering of the interconnection of everything, which then a lot opens up that space for healing and allowing more authentic connections to family and across community then.
2: It it for me it's like it's going back to that whole piece of like being alignment, you know with our songs, with our language, with our teachings, and whether or not we truly are living the way, uh, the indigenous way, you know, and of course, that's going to mean um, so many things to to, to different people. Um, but I often say this, you know, like, um, you know, how do we want to show up in this world, you know, um, because I think like going back to Lindsay, what you were talking about with like internalized oppression, which then leads to lateral oppression and, and just being... Disconnected, you know, with with community and and having it so individualized and <clears throat> going back to like this thought of like self, what's best for me instead of what's best for us, you know, kind of a thing. But um, I, I just really appreciate this conversation because it's reminding me again, how do I want to show up in this world? What do I want people to um, get from me? What what type of energy do do I want people to feel for me? And it's love, it's compassion, it's caring, kindness, selflessness.
0: Couldn't agree more. So thankful for the two of you as our co-host team, uh, for all of our listeners for joining in. I think one of the most important messages we hope you hear us uh, reiterating in our time together is how important it is to be in community. And sometimes community can be found in many ways, including listening to these podcasts, um, finding out ways for yourself that you can reconnect, um, that you can unearth maybe new pathways that you need to take on your own healing journeys. And we just hope to continue to provide uh, insight and support and our own authenticity and vulnerability as we move through these healing spaces, both individually and collectively. This is such a beautiful reminder. We are all in this together. The healing that will truly transform our communities, that will transform us individually, as well as at the family level and the community level. Those changes that will ripple through our tribal nations and beyond. It will happen when we spend time working on our healing together. That is the spirit in which my friends and colleagues, David Cronoyer, Susan Bolio, Brianna Matrius, and I have brought forth these seasons of remembering resilience to all of you. I send such enormous gratitude their way, as well as to each one of you listeners for joining us, for truly hearing us. My friends, my relatives, this is just the beginning. Miigwech for joining us on this journey. There is so much more yet to come. This is Remembering Resilience. music during today's conversation is thanks to Cole Primo. Cole Primo is a songwriter, musician, and citizen of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. This podcast is developed through a health power project at Family Wise Services, home of Prevent Child Abuse Minnesota, with support from the Center for Prevention at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota, and the University of Minnesota Extension Family Resilience. You've heard our stories, our experiences, and now we want to hear from you. Tell us what you think in a brief survey by going to surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash podcast rr. When you fill out the survey, you will be entered into a drawing for a gift card to Birchbark Books held monthly through 2022. That's surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash podcast rr. Chi Mi